Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Blade Edition. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me for this vampire fest is Tom Stewart, the man himself. Say hello, Tom. Listen, shit kicker, you're about one cunt hair away from hillbilly heaven. (laughs) There's no shortage of lines from these movies. Uh, And that was in the halcyon days before being a proud American Southerner and a Nazi were two different states of being. Right. (laughs) You can no longer play those two off each other anymore. (laughs) Oh, shit. The Blade series. Right. I am fascinated. Yes, I, 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 fascinating was exactly the adjective I was going to use. Yeah. I think this is a fascinating couple. I know I say this every time, but this is a fascinating yeah, no, this couple is, of this, films. This really is something, though. It's uh, well, I mean, I'll say, you know, I'm going to save some of this, obviously, but, uh, you know, for 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 a couple of sequels that come out when they come <laughs> out, 2002 and 2004, right. And of course, we we had to wait a few years after the first one, which came out in 98. That's right, yeah. But when you juxtapose this series along with other series of the time, I mean, we're talking about the Matrix, we're talking about the Mm -hmm. Bourne series, the Kill Bills. Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, I mean, these movies present themselves as the next step in action evolution yes and did not reach that point like these other movies did these movies feel like early 90s movies that's that's fascinating i was what really struck me was um that for 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 two sequels in the same series that were made relatively close to one another yeah within what two years of each Uh other um their identities are totally different. Yeah. I mean, you w- one of the movies, the identity of one of the movies is, uh, you you it, is you read it through the the cinematic auteur who is behind the movie, right? And the other movie is split between so many different identities. Uh, the beginnings of a Marvel Cinematic Universe project, sure. the Dracula cycle. <laughs> you have a you have a writer director who's sort of road testing the Dark Knight trilogy with this movie. Well, and the that's the time. other thing that's really interesting to me is you know the writer wrote all three of these movies, but directed only the last one, right. David S. Goyer. But he's got his fingerprints on so many series we've done. It, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, Ter- Terminator and and Batman. Right. And I'm sure there's more that we're not even thinking of, uh, but I mean, he, you know, he's he's a he's an omnipresent figure, right? Well, and also Man of Steel, 20th, and... 21st century franchise, yeah. cinema specifically comic book adaptation, yeah, because he's also Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, 
And Batman versus Superman, of course, we've done for a watch along. So, wow. Yeah. But it, it yeah, it's it's fascinating. But it's fascinating. His, his grubby little prints are all over the place. Right, right. But what, like, what? But what? It's difficult to pin out, pin down. You know, like Guillermo del Toro has a very yeah, overt style. Right. You can spot here one of his films anywhere. David S. Goya. I'm not sure quite. Cause I guess because he works under the shadow of of people like Del Toro, like a, a kind of Christopher Nolan figure, or mm-hmm. uh, a, you know, a Zack Snyder, who have their very you know have firm ideas about what they want to do. So I want. I'm like, what? What is? What is the David S. Goya touch? Well, you but know? that's, that's, that's like trying to. What, that's what the, I can't quantify. No, it. you. And the reason you can't is because that's his first film. And he doesn't. He hasn't directed a lot after oh, that. Oh, I think you're forgetting about Zigzag. <laughs> My mistake. A movie I learned about days ago. <laughs> no, but it's it is. But there is actually. I'll, I'll save it for the episode. But there is a moment before I found out this was basically his first film, his first big film, right? Um, Blade Trinity. Uh, and I I pegged it right away yeah. that this was that he was a that he was a first time or early career director and I'll tell when we get to the episode I'll oh, tell I'm you excited. exactly yeah, okay. what exactly <laughs> what that moment was but it was before I even looked that up yeah to, to I, like I just knew um so it's it's well that's uh, the thing about that movie is it feels plainly obvious to me but well at the very you know I'm not saying anything about quality at this stage but. There's certainly a lot of variety here. <laughs> These are two very different movies, yeah. and I would argue there's a good five or six different movies in one of these movies. <laughs> and that's the other thing is, one of these movies feels like, you know, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of Dracula play around this time too. I mean, through the odds, is that like is that like blood play or well through the odds and like the you know. In the like early two twenty tens, there's yeah. a lot of Dracula Untold and Dracula three thousand, and you know there's there's just well, it's, I mean it's the it's the age of the vampire more generally as well. Yeah, you know, we, it's when we get True Blood and mm-hmm. and um, Twilight. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's interesting. It's interesting thinking about where this. I mean. To me, this fits. This these movies fit into so many different trends of the period in which they were made. Sometimes it's almost difficult to kind of exactly pin them down. They see it. See they it for two for two you know movie individual movies. They seem like they're playing into so many different cultural moments mm-hmm. and ideas that are going on in the early two thousands. Yeah. Not I mean not to mention you know. Uh, the dance music of the time. I mean, <laughs> we we just don't put dance music like this on action movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a very small historical window uh, where where rapid beat techno is 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 automatically what you put under any fight sequence. Well, and um, not just and... that, but because <laughs> it also reminded you know you have rave scenes, yeah, that uh, remind me of of Matrix. Rave, yeah, rave nonsense, you know. It's like we've de-electronified yeah. action cinema, yeah. and now it's very, <laughs> yes. it's very orchestral again. It's like we've gone back to like a classical, you know. You don't hear like a outside of you know. 
But when you have actual actual ref outside of actual <clears throat> referencing electronic score, yeah, like right. Halloween Halloween Kills, for instance, <laughs> right. You don't you. The trend is definitely more towards orchestral, and I didn't think I realized that until I saw these movies yeah. that are entirely house-based house music right. dance tracks. <laughs> but it's <laughs> just funny to, to me finish. when you juxtapose these movies and take, you know, The Matrix too, but juxtapose them against, you know, Kill Bill or yeah, or the Bourne series, and yeah. to me, it's like you know, watch them and and see which ones bear out as the better films and the ones that stand. Uh, the test of time a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, it ain't these. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I'm inter- I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I think so. I I I think for at least one of the movies, and I won't say which one at this stage. I think for at least one of these movies, some of that uh, sense of being at, of of datedness is sort of a little more conscious. Uh yeah yeah okay. I hope we're I think, thinking I of think, the same movie, but <laughs> I think one of, one of these movies is looking backwards in a very deliberate way. Okay. Uh, to an earlier period, earlier periods of cinema, and I think another one just has no fucking clue what it wants to do. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, obviously we're talking about the Blade series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, starring Wesley Snipes, and we are here to both rank and declare on these episodes. Uh, we have a different director for each of these movies, including the original Tom. Oh, I oh really? I did I did I did not I did not know that about the original. Who directed the original? <laughs> Stephen Norrington of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen fame, as in I have not made a movie since the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But that's quite a well-regarded movie, isn't it, Blade? It's, um... Wait, so Guillermo del Toro took over for the sequel? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a very left-field choice, both for him and the movie. I It doesn't <laughs> feel stage. like a left-field choice for him. I, I get what you're saying in terms of like taking point, over no. the series. Yeah. Uh but Blade does feel in his wheelhouse. Yeah. And of course he makes his presence felt in the film that he directs. Yeah, and I mean you see a lot of Hellboy in Blade too. Well well you actually see Hellboy in That's true. <laughs> in Blade too. Well I but also I mean uh, we've been talking a lot recently about doing franchises that are still with us, um, you know, that have, have yet to be shat out of the of the public consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, here's another one because the, the, uh, as the, as far as I know, the, the blade is being rebooted. It is, yeah. Um, but also in recent history, did you ever see the strain? I haven't watched The Strain, and I know that it's a Del, okay. you know, Guillermo del Toro thing, but I, I haven't watched it. I have seen The Strain, and now that I've seen Blade Two, mm-hmm. uh, basically it's a it's a it's a runway for for the storyline of The Strain. Uh, so I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah. So these these might you know uh, abs- we can talk about how how dated these movies seem and. 
uh, you know, uh, as much as we like, but people, you know, <laughs> the industry and culture at large has not given up on, has not given up on them. Also, the rising star of Guillermo del Toro, right? In the in the you know years since the of since course. Blade Two came out, testifies to the fact that much of what's in these movies is very much still with us. Sure. To this very day. Yeah. And as as you said, uh, they're being rebooted. With Mahershala Ali. Right. Which is in itself a kind of surrogacy, I think. Mm -hmm. If you see a picture of him in shades. Right. Right. You know, it wouldn't pass the demented grandma test of, (laughs) is that Wesley Snipes on it? (laughs) Right. I know uh, you've been rolling your... Which was previously applied to Val Kilmer as as taking over from Michael Keaton's Batman. (laughs) Your demented grandma wouldn't know it wasn't Michael Keaton. (laughs) I know you've been, uh, you know, one to roll your eyes lately at stories of, uh, you know, method acting. Right. But one of my fa- one of my favorite quotes was uh, Ryan Ryan Reynolds was asked what it was like to work with Wesley Snipes on a Blade movie, and he said, "I never met Wesley Snipes. I only met Blade." Huh. <laughs> well, you know, it it was interesting to see how I, that kind of speaks to the extra involvement that he has in these movies, because yeah. of course he's responsible for a lot of the fight coordination, at least right. on Blade Two. So clearly, he, he he, I mean, his dedication and devotion to the role is all there on screen, right? And like you it, actually it is, have the it opposite. Is not, it is not wasted energy, you know. No, right? Because uh, you have the opposite. Uh, I, you know, it seems like Ryan Reynolds is kind of making light of it, but Guillermo del Toro had the had basically the same answer, but the opposite reaction. Yeah. In which he said, you know, there was nothing that. You could ask Wesley Snipe, Snipes about Blade that he wouldn't know. Like that's how right. connected to the character he was, and he really appreciated that. While when he was directing him, well, that's the thing. It makes other <laughs> it makes other actors look bad, but it makes the director look better. So yeah. it's no wonder they have those respective <laughs> positions. Is it really? Because <laughs> it seems like he is part. He is partially responsible for directing the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, if if you put it that way. Um, yeah. All right. Fascinating. So where does that leave us? I mean, you know, you, normally we talk about if this was easy or hard in, well, in ranking. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I'd never seen these movies. That, okay. That was one of my questions. Uh, nor have I seen Blade, clearly. <laughs> Given that away. I thought it was a Guillermo del Toro film. Right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm aware of the I'm aware of them by reputation. I'm aware of what you mentioned reputation earlier because it's not that the first blade it's not that it's not well regarded. Yeah. But I think Blade Two, even by Snipes himself, is regarded as the best of the three. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm aware of them by by reputation. So I I feel like for most people this would be a complete Mm no-brainer in terms of ranking and declaration. Uh, And for me, you know, I have to overcome some personal prejudices in order to sort of make an objective-ish evaluation of these two films. I was going to ask, because didn't you have something salty to say about Guillermo del Toro not too long ago? Yeah. 
And I, I want to set the record straight, okay? <laughs> this is this is the elephant in the closet. My, my feelings about Guillermo del Toro. So, when I see this gentleman's films, I am typically underwhelmed. I find them... I don't actively dislike them. I find them perfectly watchable. Uh-huh. But I have a real disconnect between the 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 critical audience reaction to his movies and and, and what, what you see. think it, like i cannot connect those two ideas of the same director um <laughs> however just to sort of you know just to sort of uh, has there been a guillermo del toro movie that you've loved no okay no he's nowhere near um <laughs> But uh, but that was exactly what I was going to say. I have an easier time with the more superficial end of his work. Ah, I see. Okay. I don't think he knows his way around an art film as well as people seem to think he does with Pan's Labyrinth, Shape of Water, etc. Mm-hmm. So when he does this but more... But the Hellboys of the world? Well, let's say when he does the pulpier material, mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, so what is it? What what like what's what's that disconnect? What is? Well, we we can talk about it on a case by case basis. Yeah, that's true. I mean, my, my my you know my operational theory, which to some extent was borne out by Blade seeing Blade Two, although that doesn't mean I've declared. <laughs> Don't ever think that means I've declared. Okay. Um. So this is this is the analogy I go with every time, and this analogy is going to irritate you as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, How creating could it a, not? I'm creating a whole nother whole nother uh, <laughs> I'm basically I'm trying to bitch less about Del Toro but bitching more about someone else <laughs> so I see <laughs> who's in your crosshairs now <laughs> exactly Fucking that's shit. what it feels like <laughs> Um, to me he's like the Bono of cinema <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> so so I you know, whenever I hear Bono talk about music, uh-huh. I agree with everything he says, and I, I think you understand this. But you, you hate you too. But yeah, I listen to you too, and it's like none of that goes into their music. Like they, they miss the, the, none of. The, I can't hear any of that in the music. And Ugh. I feel the same. Similarly, about Del Toro, he loves all the right movies, and he loves them for all the right reasons. Right. And. I do see, and I guess it's better than Bono. Better than Bono. <laughs> Headline news. Better than you know, Del Toro. Better, better than, than Bono. Bono. Um, because now I that's do a see t-shirt. that in, I do, I do see that in his movies. I see that he understands what's good about cinema and what's good about certain movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he has a new or interesting spin on it. On that. Gotcha. And the movies I like least of his movies are movies that refuse to own up to the fact that they're remakes. <laughs> Such as? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth and Shape of Water. Okay. Which are remakes of Creature from the Black Lagoon and right. um, uh, Spirit of the Beehive. Okay. I don't know Spirit of the Beehive. It's Pan's Labyrinth, but okay. not a fantasy movie. Is it a foreign film? Yes. Okay. Spanish, I think. All right. Um, Interesting. Have you so, now? Have you seen the new one? Have you seen Nightmare Alley? No. 
That is a but because that is a remake. Why it would is a I? Remake, yes. Why would I punish but myself? But it's, it's a deliberate. This is my yeah. entire problem with him: is that he just remakes <laughs> other movies. Why would I go and see a movie that is already a remake? Um. So, uh, yeah. That, so that's that's a big part of it. But you know, to balance it out, so balance it out. I like the more superficial end. So Blade has a bl- Blade has a better chance than uh, other of his movies gotcha, yeah, right. for me liking it. Um, I also have decidedly mixed feelings about David S. Goya <laughs> <laughs> as a as a film artist. <laughs> and I have to tell you, in watching these two movies back to back, I began to see the value. <laughs> Of Guillermo del Toro okay, as, okay, a di- as a directorial hand. <laughs> I, uh, I got not, really it worried was... there for a second. But but none of that came from watching Blade 2. It all came from watching Blade, Blade Trinity. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I began to think, oh, you know what? You... <laughs> When you do a fight <laughs> sequence, you you probably need to do more than let combat trained actors just do whatever the fuck yeah, they want. Right, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, that's harder than I gave it credit for. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's all. That's all at play here. But I've been able to put because you know having that wider perspective uh, has definitely probably um undonald some of the kind of prejudice i have towards uh you know del toro the director specifically yeah. yeah i can see see it in a broad definitely see it in a broader light having seen the two films together well, and also you know having seen subsequent marvel movies with similar projects mm-hmm. you begin to get an overall sense of what's good or bad in this field Sure. Um, because this is an early, you know, Blade is, Trinity. Yeah, this is. Well, they're both early Marvel movies. Blade Trinity has the Marvel logo at the beginning. Yeah, right. Which is a significant kind of switch over. Marvel had finally. Yeah, only a start... year after Hulk as well. Yeah, right. Which I again I find fascinating for reasons that I'll divulge when I've done my ranking and declaration. <laughs> Because to say more would be tipping my hands even more than I already have. What I think is interesting about everything that you said is I could see somebody else having the complete opposite reaction. You know, somebody who's bought into Del Toro Mm. and watches this early film of his and thinks, I see a guy at the beginning of his career. Mm -hmm. You know, there are directorial flashes and you can see kind of the part of his auteurism at play. Yeah. But you see somebody who doesn't have full command of his Yeah. Definitely. Of his you know, his particular milieu or whatever. Yeah, he's he's kind of slumming it. <laughs> right. He might it might be for some people that it's it's yeah, that it's uh it's it's the beginnings of something that would be truly great, but I think what he's become is less significant than what he was then. Yeah. Be- because precisely of his ability to handle certain kinds of material and his inability to handle certain other kinds of material. And then the other thing for me that's interesting with these movies is you have, you know, the, I, again, that we're kind of doing a series in which I don't have a lot of background knowledge. I haven't read the Blade comics. <laughs> Big surprise there yeah. for both of us. But... <laughs> 
if there's a if there's a comic, we've not read it. <laughs> but you know what's interesting to me is Looked at you it. you have you have uh, do you read a comic? What's that? Do you read a comic or do you look at it or is that an offensive stereotype? <laughs> I think that's that? an offensive stereotype, okay. sir. Okay, I'll I'll go with reading then. Yes. But um you know, Blade in itself is kind of interesting because you have two worlds colliding together. You have, you know, people that just love vampire shit and people that just love comic <laughs> shit, and now they're both together in one character. Martial art well, more than that, I'd say martial arts. Yeah, maybe, as well. yeah. Um Yeah. It's um, But it's like if you see these posts wherever on Facebook, like these you know, kinda IMDB posts about the best vampire movies, there's always gonna be people that are like saying saying something akin to Blade is the best series that's ever been. Thirty Days of Night is the best vampire movie ever. You know, these movies that <laughs> don't stand out to me as the cream of the crop of in cinema. But that well, they're also they're, they're movies that are uncomfortable with being associated with vampire movies as well. You think? Like even the films, or the, the, well, Blade Trinity certainly. You could also sort uh-huh. of made that argument about, you know, they they try and they try and dress it up as something other than a than a vampire movie. And and do you think well, it's a default? Occasionally, of occasionally this, you think that's a default okay, of this series, like, um, it, in one of the movies, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm grateful it. I'm grateful for it in one, and uh, I find the other distasteful. <laughs> um, but it's. But I, I. I. just forgot. I totally buried the lead. The best chance this series has of me liking it is is about the man we've already talked about. Is one of my favorite film actors of this era, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. And we, you know, we've been robbed of so many great performances. By him because of tax because crime. Of... Admittedly, his tax crime. Yeah, but um... <laughs> uh, you know, it, it see it, even last year seeing him, you know, something of a comeback in coming digit to America. Mm-hmm. Um, coming digit to America. Uh, letting loose comedically and just yeah. it just reminded me of what you know what an asset what an asset he was for like uh 90s and early 2000s hollywood sure uh and yeah so that's all that's going to make you know that's going to make a huge difference cuz he helms both movies i mean the, the this series yeah, is he all does. about him now so what is it about wesley snipes for you that you were you know sort of revere so much because you gave I, a lot of shit to a lot of actors. So is it just the <laughs> 90s part of it? or I like some actors. <laughs> what, what is no, it about? No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's nostalgia. I think okay. he's, got, he's got a really... He, he's just got a really interesting approach to, to acting. Um, like he's able to do dispassionate and cool very well. Mm-hmm. But... He also he he also is very you know he, he humanizes his roles as well, and so this is where look this is the role for him that I can't imagine anyone else doing. Right. I don't think there's I really don't think with the greatest respect to the gentleman who's taking over, uh, I really don't think I I wouldn't if I was in Hollywood I wouldn't dream of having anyone but Wesley Snipes in this role. That's interesting, because. Uh, 
I think you know he's he's just he's got such a great. If you think about the range of, of parts he's played, like supporting, yeah, leading, sure. like he's been able to carry a movie, but also, you know, uh, also be kind of flamboyant, like a flamboyant background character as well. Sure, and then completely pare it down to a to like the basics of a good leading man. I just don't think many actors of in Hollywood have Can got do that. that dynamic you know got that kind of dynamic sure um and that's why this is this role is you know he was born to play i do think i you know the one thing i've always really loved about wesley snipes is i think he draws people in meaning you lean in when he's speaking i mean i remember one of the first times i saw him was major league (laughs) and he looks like a real ball player yeah yeah and well, he looks like a real vampire. In this yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 he's the most yes. convincing vampire yeah. out of all of these fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the one who's only half a vampire. Right. <laughs> you believe you believe that he, he drinks blood. You know, you also believe he's fight and you also believe that he's fighting against wanting to. Drink I was just going to say, like, there's, there's never a moment the- in these movies where you don't believe that he has some self-loathing for himself. Yeah. And and who yeah. he is and what he has to do. And it's particularly remarkable given that at least one of these films is making him fight against his portrayal of the character. Yeah. And he sort of he sort of stands above it in a way that you know, we've talked before about how certain actors you just feel the weight of the of the film on them. Mhm. And that they they just they don't collapse. know what to do. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what to do with it and they start making bad choices, but I, I don't know if it's part of this, you know, this part of this method he has of like, you know, he's actually meditating, you know, <laughs> on set as the character, but he's just oblivious to all the nonsense around him that is trying to bring him down. Right. In at least one of these. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we've tried to play our cards as close to our chests as possible. It's hard. It's and hard. And it's though. not easy. And it's also, I don't think it's a big surprise to a lot of people. I, I don't think it should be. No. So I assume we're both on the same page. What is your what is your uh, top-rated movie of the Blade sequels? Yeah, even I would have a hard time of making work of this. It's Blade 2. Yeah, it has to be. Um, Or Blade Blade 2 lines. As well. If you put Blade 2, the digit 2... <laughs> Into IMDb, it won't come up first. So no, I think Blade Two Lines. You got to go uh, Blade Positive or uh, Capital I, Capital I, Capital I, Capital I. But I might just start referring to those as Blade as like two lines yeah. instead of two. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, when it's a straight comparison between two movies, it's very easy. Uh, it really is. I think. Even I mean, these are largely action films, and if you were to pit the action sequences of one mo- of of this on Blade Trinity, there's just no contest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they're just so many impressive action sequences in Blade Two. Yeah, I mean, it looks like that now. At the time, you know, only a few years after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. Yes, uh, right. When, that was when, on my mind too. When mainstream Hollywood is still learning how to do martial arts in its movies, it seems like I don't. It seems like it peaked at that at that point. It doesn't seem like it got better after that. Um, 
I love yeah I I think this is one of Wesley Snipes' best performances um and uh there are a few other performances and actors in the movie that I really like it hangs together well mm-hmm. um yeah um even if you compare the this and Blade Trinity as sequels which I like to do in the ranking as well mm-hmm. the sequel conceit so both of these movies have fa- sequel conceits that are fairly like yeah. artificial it's like we want to change up the formula by throwing in this big kind of shit bomb <laughs> that'll fuck everything up. <laughs> right? They're both like the ship. You know, say so we throw in the shit bomb, it changes everything. The stakes are different. Everything. Be goes specific. Down. Which shit bombs are we talking about? Well, no, but I mean that the shit bomb in Blade Two is a lot better than the shit bomb in Blade Trinity. Yeah, but what are they? Like it's now are you t- uh, double vampires? Right. Also known as the Reaper strain, but I call them double vampires. So and Dracula. Okay. See, I didn't know if you were also counting, uh, you know, the the Scooby Gang in the third movie versus, you know, sort of raising those. Yeah, I think that's I think that's part of it. Yeah, it's like changing up the changing up the the Scooby Gang every time. Yeah. Is is part of it too? Yeah, but you know they're both they're both doing essentially the same things as a sequel. Or what is doing it far more successful? So much better. <laughs> I think my and who knew it would be the one that involved Luke Goss from Brass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who could have seen that coming? Yeah, I think my I think my note. But the, upon hearing you've not you've not seen the strain, but the strain is basically. The name of the strain could be double vampires. Really? That's what it's about. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the, everything about the double vampires in that is chin vampires. Yeah, <laughs> chin vampires. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I I I kept saying I was trying to come up with a name for because they don't tell you what the what these vampire these vampires who hate vampires are for a while. Yeah. Right. So I came up with the name double vampires, and I think I was thinking of Richard Pryor talking about prison is in prison you have the muslims and the double muslims and it's the double muslims you've got to watch <laughs> so double vampires double vampires, the double vampires I, I, wasn't, I wasn't pulling from richard, richard Pryor. i just wrote down chin vampires chin vampires is very good yeah. i like uh, yeah um but of course the reaper strain i like you have blade 2 at the top of my list yeah. i i just you know to me, it's as plain as the nose on our faces, or the noses on our faces. It can't be argued. Yeah. Um, top really to bottom. Ma- it, it, it also reminds, like, let let's assume for a second, hypothetically, before we before we blow that hypothetical, <laughs> that that you know the quality the quality between these two movies is on a is on a par. Um. The fact that Blade Two has a vision of what it wants to be and Blade Trinity does not makes a huge difference. Yeah, sure. Even if I really didn't like that vision, and at times I don't. Yeah, that's interesting because me too. <laughs> I just feel I feel like the the level of confusion about what kind of a movie Blade Three wants to be is going to mean it's always going to be at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Even if like not thinking good or bad at all, just like. Get your shit together. Right. Time. You know, Blade Two really has its shit. Together. It has its shit together, 
It knows exactly you know, it's, what it it's wants a to be. Full of set, it's you know, it's one of those. Again, you talked about ninety cinema, and 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 where I really get the nostalgia feels is it's like those movies that are just a handful of of set pieces, like Speed. Yeah, yeah right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we're not aiming too high. Those, just yeah, nailed, those are just some of my notes. We've got those are some of my notes of. Man, these movies are just set piece extravaganzas. Yeah, it's just like let's just let's just get through these few set pieces, and then <laughs> and then we'll be the at movie. the end. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and cinema does you know movies don't work like that anymore. No, right. It's like you know you're you're referring out to seven other different narrative strands. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, oh, let's just, it's, it's, the blade is, it's just like, it's just going down one line. (laughs) It's like a tunnel. It has tunnel vision. (laughs) And that means, and that means so much when you put it against a movie that, you know, I, I, I am as confused as what, to what happens as I am at the beginning as I, at the end as I was at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I think you're as confused as its director was too. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, and after the success of Zigzag, I mean, come on, <laughs> sophomore slump. I, don't, I didn't even it's look amazing. up what Zigzag really was. I, I know. I, I well, obviously, I looked at the list and just disregarded it completely because I, I said that this was his first it's like, movie. It's like, but it's like it's like an inconvenient truth, isn't it? It's like you want. Wait, did you I see call... that Wesley Snipes is in Zigzag too? He might be. Um, when we did Rocky Three, and there was like a really shitty movie that would have meant we couldn't say this was Mr. T's screen debut, so <laughs> you just ignore that it happened. Yeah, <laughs> and say that you know because the movie. I think even then the movie says introducing Mr. T. Yeah, he is in so. it. Oh wow, okay. So it's not a small movie, and so is Natasha a... Leone. So <laughs> okay. And so is, is Luke like, Goss. Um, no way, really? I swear. No. Yeah. So this is the this is the blue in the face to Blade Two Smoke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've made it on the set, improvised it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Wow. Well, uh, obviously, by the nature of uh, doing a trilogy, once we announce that Blade Two is our top top of our lists. That means Blade Trinity, you know, no shock to anybody, is at the bottom of our lists. Right. Yeah. That's that's really all I knew about it beforehand as well, is that it was probably going to be at the bottom of my list, unless, <laughs> unless I was so inclined to take pity on it. How quickly into Blade Trinity <gasps> did you put it at Mike, the bottom of your list? <laughs> Mike, that's a... It's so amazing you asked me that question. <laughs> because it may be a record. Was it the voiceover? Yes. <laughs> and only about 10 seconds of the voiceover. Yeah. It's really interesting because I thought... I, I don't dislike this as much as I dislike Terminator Salvation. But I knew this... Right. This was going to be at the bottom of the list before I knew Terminator oh, Salvation. Oh, wow, wow. That's impressive. Yeah, you know, when you alienate about 50% of your fan base in the opening voiceover, right. something's not gone right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have so many notes. I mean, I mean, you give, you give Rian Johnson shit for throwing the lightsaber over the shoulder. <laughs> I think sort of saying, opening a movie by saying, how my horror Dracula movies are shit. Yeah. 
is like, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of people who came to see this movie probably like Probably like them. Being as they are vampire movies and the best of the vampire movies. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many notes that say, did he just let Ryan Reynolds do whatever he wanted? <gasps> What I mean, talk At about a make talk about a makeover. Yeah, <laughs> he must. He's gone to comic timing school in between right. Blade Trinity exactly. and Deadpool, yes. right? They, I think, I <laughs> he's still in that pizza store with the two girls or whatever. <laughs> At the time of this movie, it's kind of I can't think of anyone who started out that unfunny, who came to be someone known for their comedy. But also, you know, who who found us? Because it's not like he's doing different shit now. No, it's I, that's my first note there. It's yeah. like it's like well, right? I guess Ryan Reynolds he figured was out how to make right it work. From the beginning, he, <laughs> <laughs> he cornered that market yeah, exactly. as soon as he started acting in movies. But he's not funny in any shape or form, it's, and has no comic timing. It is so fascinating as a watch when you're watching that movie. It's like it really I kept is. saying he's doing all the same shit he always does that yeah. I always like in movies he does now that I am hating actively yeah. in this movie. I had ex- I had exactly the same um exactly the same note. He went to comic timing school. It's incredible. It was like must have been like a weekend intensive before he started <laughs> filming filming Deadpool or something. Right. <laughs> Well, maybe that's part of it, too. I mean, he found the right character. Well, in the same way that I want Wesley Snipes to take Jennifer Aniston on a weekend intensive to get her to stop moving her face when she acts. (laughs) I just watched watched all of the morning show, and I spend the whole time going, Stop moving your face! (laughs) You don't need to move your face when you act! (laughs) In the part of the se- part of the series where she got COVID, spoiler alert, but you know, catch up. Um, <laughs> I was just like, "What's the difference? She always acts like she has COVID. She never <laughs> stops fucking moving her face. Like something's wrong with her." <laughs> Gabriel Byrne and Wesley Snipes would knock that shit out of her in a weekend. <laughs> you do not need to move your face. Stop to act. moving that face. You ever seen that uh, Cheers episode where Diane gets warned uh, about her facial tick? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's some good fantastic. shit. Buster Keaton never moved his fucking face. He's not the greatest <laughs> actor of all time. And Buster anyway. Keaton was Buster fucking Keaton. <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right. Well, that leaves us with good bad, Tom. Right. Okay. I'm fascinated. Uh, Okay. Do you want to start with uh, Blade 2? Let's start with Blade 2. Okay. What say you? I, I want I want to hear from you first because I, right. I think you're I think you're you're and I'm I'm going to use the wrong conjugation here. Luca warm on this movie than I expected you to be. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I um You know, it, it <laughs> it's like this is it's like I'm balancing on a razor's edge, and I could fall down either way. Okay. You know, um, I on could a blade's edge, you might say, razor blades. Edge. Yeah, exactly. I could say that it's good, but I'd have a lot of butts. 
Yeah. Or I could say that it's bad, but say, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm, mm, mm. And. Interesting. So for me, at the end of the day, I, I decided not to just wrestle too much with this. And I thought, yeah, this is a good movie. Yeah. I'm going to say it's I'm, a good movie. I'm right there with you. Uh, it's it's. There's it doesn't. I have plenty that I have problems with, but yeah. On the whole, this is the best movie in the series, and it it doesn't cure me of my reservations. Which I know because I've seen all the movies in the series, but <laughs> my feeling my feelings about it were, it doesn't cure me of my reservations with Del Toro. Uh-huh. It seems to me from from the outside, oh, overrated for what it really is yeah that i agree with I, like i you know but like it's, I was, but it's good and that yeah. good is a perfectly good adjective right to describe this movie i mean it's got great action sequences yes yeah. um it's got great performances uh it hangs together well um you know Get me a bucket of popcorn with some Reese's Pieces mixed in. I'm gonna have a good night. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> but if you want me, but if you want me to go beyond that, that then then you're in trouble because it's because it's, it's not it's, anything more than that. No, it really isn't. So for the it's people that night, are diehards, entertainment. Yeah, to to the for the people that were diehards that I was speaking of earlier, who are the kind of people who wouldn't hear a word against this movie. It's not that. No. I got plenty of words against the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, the movie is not a perfect movie, and there, are, of course, are very few of those, but... No. No, and this movie ne- movie needs to learn the meaning of the word subtext. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, which, again, is sort of like, well, I'd rather we fuck this up in the frame of Blade 2 than Pan's Labyrinth, you know? Yeah, right. Like... <laughs> <laughs> If you can't handle metaphor, yes, uh, mishandle it in a vampire movie with Wesley Snipes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um. Okay. All right. So we're, I think, and we're, I think so, we're, on, and the we're on the page, same page. But I think, I think, I think I might, I think uh, I, I might have less, less of a problem. I, I, enjoy, I mean, maybe it's just a surprise. Uh huh. Of liking a Del Toro movie more than I normally do, but I, I quite I quite enjoy. It. I had a good time with it, but it's probably more to do with Wesley Snipes for me. Yeah, and and Chris Christopherson oh. and another actor who is excellent. Another couple of actors. Yeah, another cut. Co- yeah, but I mean that's the thing. That movie has good performances. I realized. I realized, like having you know when I saw Chris Christopherson was in the movie, it's like how many of my favorite films feature Chris Christopherson. Yeah, right. No, it's kind of. Amazing. I was just talking with friends about Chris Christopherson for someone who's not an actor. Yeah, right. Exactly, and that's the thing is you you go back and you look at his career, and you don't think of him as an actor, but it's chopped full of good good performances, and he. He holds this movie down every bit as much as Wesley Snipes does. He is every bit as much as Whistler as Wesley yeah. Snipes is Blade. Right. They both completely and wholly own their, their characters. Until they blow him up. Yeah, well. After making him hick Alfred for a scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I was just like, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Lone Star. Yeah. These are some of my favorite movies, and he's at the heart of both of them. 
Um, so, and there's at least one more British actor in it who I really love, and his casting was a stroke of genius. All right. I'm not talking about Luke Goss. Okay. Who I don't consider an actor, but I have nothing but <laughs> but I have nothing but good things to say about him in this movie. All right. Well, that leaves us, and so we're on the same page. We both think this is a good yeah. movie. It's it, it's a good movie with problems. I um, I dare say that maybe there's no surprise. With the with with uh, with Blade Trinity, given what we've said so far. Well, I think the only surprise is it's not just bad; it's bad with a double D, <laughs> and, and 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 no ass. <laughs> it has a boner. But no ass. Yep. A very vis- visible blade boner or a blader, <laughs> which I'm surprised he didn't uh, commandeer as a weapon at some point. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'd heard that, you know, I, I knew of this movie by reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it was considered a disappointing end to the trilogy. I was give you know, I, I came in with an open mind because so much of that normally has to do with fan expectation. Sure. Um, but they weren't wrong. But the, but they weren't wrong. But you know, and it, but I came out of it thinking, wow, you know, this takes the heat off Ang Lee for setting the Marvel Cinematic Universe back. Yeah, for right. Five years. <laughs> I mean, you know, I could make an impassioned defense of, of of certain aspects of Hulk. I don't think I could do that with this movie. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's 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 just it feels it's a confused. Yeah, it feels feeble. It's a confused movie that doesn't execute anything well. I mean, that's my that's, that's my, my overall that's my note. Log line. <laughs> yeah, and there's really nothing that doesn't apply yeah. to that. It's as confused as Nigel. Except Wesley, works, except Wesley Snipes. Nothing works stylistically, conceptually, uh, tonally. Nothing is gelling at all. Mm-mm. Um. And uh, yeah, I I I mean. It's it's interesting, you know, like fa- fan expectation uh, was obviously um, let down. Sure, but I can't think of any expectation that you have that wouldn't be zero. You wouldn't like <laughs> you you know if you came if you came into this thinking you were going to see a Dracula movie, you wouldn't be happy. If you came into yeah. this, it was a Marvel comic movie, you wouldn't be happy. You know, uh, what is... A Blade movie. You wouldn't be happy. What's what's it, you know, what is... Uh, what's the point? That's such a chew comment, isn't it? But it's it's a worthy one. <laughs> I, re- I really did think, you know, I, I, I thought, what is the... What's, what's the... What's the ultimate goal here of making this movie? Well, I, what are they trying... What are they trying to... What are they trying to revive? Are they trying to revive Blade? Are they trying to revive Dracula? Are they trying to... uh, What are they doing? Yeah, it doesn't feel like they're doing any of that. It feels like they're ending all of them. Right. Is this this a... They're trying to create a Hannibal King series? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing that I think bothers me the most, is it feels like that this movie wants to introduce the Scooby gang as... Hey, these are the people we'll be following from now on, almost, you know? Yeah, because everyone else is dead. Exactly. <laughs> it's very offensive that only the Scooby gang. Yeah. Poor and, Scooby. And, and, and that's what, you know, that's what I mean. Like, sometimes 
sometimes just thinking about what David S. Goya thinks about, you know, writing a screenplay and characterization just it just baffles me. It's like we're gonna have one put one character who has no personality and then another who has too much personality <laughs> and they'll balance each other out. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be the thinking, right? It's like, why would you have Ryan Reynolds making a joke every 10 seconds and Jennifer Beale saying, saying nothing. or doing nothing? <laughs> like someone, like a fucking lamp. Yeah. She is a lamp in this movie. And right? Ryan and Reynolds. And, and she's the, supposed to be the daughter of the man who has the most personality of <laughs> exactly. anyone in the franchise. <laughs> It's like we need a Maury Povich paternity test. Remember back in really the first the movie bonus. when Whistler seemed to intimate that his entire family is dead? Well, here's his daughter. Well, I've well, having not seen it, I have a lot of questions about what is it, what's in that first movie. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And you might not be surprised to learn. As always. Uh, as always, I was I was going in blind, <laughs> and I made a lot of mistakes. I I hit a lot of walls. I can't wait until you ask me which characters were in the first movie. Well, you you probably when we talk about Blade Two, you're probably going to know who's the top of my list about who I thought was in the first movie and isn't. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, oh, that's great. All right. <laughs> anything left? Before we wrap no, it up, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're no, both, uh, we're both Blade Two at the top and Trinity on the bottom, and we're both good bad. Yeah. Done and done. Um, done and done. So no, no contention, no contention between us. Um, but uh, still, a lot of interesting material to discuss. Sure. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to tell us what you think. How do you rank these movies? Are they both good? Are they both bad? Do you split? Which way do you split? Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to let us know. Or send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. We will read what you have to say on air. That's it. Next time you hear us, we'll be talking Blade 2. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, of course, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. That's it until next time. Say goodbye, Tom. And when the fuck did you see my dick, fuckface? <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> Drink in that sentence. Just think about that. <laughs> 13 year old. Like, it's David S. Goyer, a 13 year old boy. Right. Or was he at that point? Well, what's funny about that is lines like that coming from Triple H, he liked so much he kept adding more lines for him to say. Ah, uh, so he Gary Boosie this. Exactly. It's, uh, wow. I mean, you know, it's a room full of idiotic characters, so no one's saying anything particularly much better than that. Agreed. <laughs> you have a you have two fucks and a dick. <laughs> In with what well, one? <laughs> now that I want eleven a, in eleven words. That I two fucks and a that dick. I want on a t-shirt. Two fucks and a dick. Two fucks and a dick. Eleven words. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Until next time.
I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.